Welcome everybody to Panfish Weekly. It's a beautiful Thursday night. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Lyle. How are you holding up with all this snow you're getting? Well, it finally quit today. Um, it wasn't supposed to snow at all today. It's quit last night, but in the night it started again, and we got about another inch or so, but we had a beautiful sunshiny day, and I can actually see asphalt on the street. There you go. Not, not 100%, but... I can see some asphalt. And, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to think of a way of getting even with Mister Dockery for setting us all this cold you weather. You know what? <laughs> I I got a way to get even with Dockery. He um. Way of getting even with Mister Dockery for setting he, us all this cold weather. You know what? He tells me he's my friend. He he really does. He says he's my friend, and then I watch his show, him and Chad, and he times me out. I saw that. And I'm thinking, man, I would not do that to him. And now it looks like they're trying to get uh, Miss Cindy on the show to, to go after you. You know, they call that a show, but what it is is a husband roast. <laughs> I think so. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, them, them two or something else. I enjoy watching them. Um, we thought that they had a fishing show when this started. It, it sort of is a fishing show. But it's an entertainment show, and I just laugh at them two clowns the whole time. But they're great friends, and and uh, we're glad that they have a comedy act going on on Thursday night because it takes away from the seriousness that the rest of us pretend to have. <laughs> I, I totally agree, and uh, I, I I I would I'd be lying if I didn't say I was puzzled because I was their first guest. After the show, I kind of left there going, I thought this was a fishing show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I had fun, and those guys are dear friends of mine too. So, uh, absolutely, hey guys, what's going on? Good guys. Well, well, Mark, we got a really cool guest in the house with us tonight, Mike Baker. We're so glad that he was able to join us. Mike does a lot of fishing, catches a lot of fish on Lake of the Ozarks. He he's fished for catfish and bass, and and he's. What I know him for mostly is crappie. He catches a lot of crappie, so you and him's got a lot in common. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Man, I, I've been watching your videos for a long time. They're nicely done, and you seem to always catch some fish. I know that you might have days when you don't catch as many others, but the videos are so nicely done and entertaining that they're a pleasure to watch. Well, thank you. That's the beauty of editing. <laughs> that is correct you, you don't get to see all those uh, days when you don't catch anything that, that's although right. I, I try to i try to also show some of the tough days but uh yeah there, there's a lot of footage uh laying on the floor so to speak that uh... oh yeah so we was talking before the show started here uh how many how many times did you say that this is makes it that you've seen Lake of the Ozark froze over? I th I've been uh, around Lake of the Ozarks for thirty years or so. I've had a home or a condo or one place or the other for about that long, and I think, uh, or you know, that my memory gets worse uh, with every year. But I think three times in all the years I've been there. Have I seen it uh, completely frozen like it is now? And, and uh, one of those times, I'm not sure it froze completely across the main channel. 
uh, like it is right now. It's pretty unusual. Yeah, it's it is, and and um, somebody was asking me the other day when you're going to get out and go fishing. I said, well, Lake <laughs> Lake the Ozarks froze, Truman's froze over, uh, yeah. on the Terrace froze over, and. Um, I'm sure stocked it is too. So I really don't have a place to go. Yeah. Um, and there's no sense of me headed to the rivers because I can imagine you can get up and down any of the ramps. Uh, when I crossed the Missouri river the other day, uh, it was, you weren't going anywhere on it. That's for sure. I'll bet. Yeah. It's, um, that's just, just crazy, but it is what it is. I don't know what else you're going to do about it. Uh, nope. What, what have you got in the plans for uh, when the water does get to where it's fishable? What have you have planned to uh, to do? You got some more videos lined up? I, I am. I'm going to try to do more videos this year. Uh, you know, I've got a full-time job, and in the last few years, I've been fishing quite a few tournaments. And frankly, between tournaments and, and uh, pre-fishing and work, it's been very difficult to take time to do videos. And so I, I'm, I'll go months sometimes and not put a video out, but uh, I, I keep getting more and more followers and, and I appreciate all the good comments that I've gotten. And uh, I may, I may slow down my tournament fishing a little bit this year. Uh, I say that every year and it doesn't seem to happen, but my plan is to not fish as many tournaments and spend more time just uh, fishing for fun, so to speak, and taking the camera along and doing some more videos. I started a series right before this bad weather came in uh, called Some of Truman Lake's Best, and I did three videos with uh, three of the best fishermen that, that I know on Truman Lake, and, and they were received really well. I've had lots of good comments, and and there's a long list of other really good fishermen, and uh, uh, that and some have committed they'd like to do a video. And so as soon as the weather breaks, I'm going to try to do that. I'd really like to do kind of the same little uh, series on Lake of the Ozarks and even Mark Twain. Those three lakes. I'm I live in Columbia, so I'm uh, surrounded by three good close lakes and. And I enjoy fishing all those, so I'd kind of like to to do a few videos, uh, but it's just a it's just a matter of time. Yeah, now now it's a matter of thawing out, <laughs> right? But it's right. not going to last. I mean, we know it's not going to last. It, no, no. It, we're we're at uh, almost to March, and uh, I don't know about where Mark's at. He's up there in North Chicago. He may have ice longer than we do, but. Usually around March, everything starts. Turning. End of March here, definitely yeah, end of March. It's ready to go, and we're we're anxious for that. I mean, uh, I've been tied up with shoulder surgery all winter, and then this ice hit. When I finally get to where I can do a little something, so by the time it thaws out, I'm ready to rock on. Back when I was doing some catfishing, uh, those that I uh, would talk to and learn from, the experienced catfishermen always told me that February the 28th was the best time of the year to fish for catfish on Lake of the Ozarks. Was there a reason behind I don't that? know. <laughs> they just said that's a, they, they start feeding and, and uh, the fishing was very good. And, uh, you know, I, I have fished it for catfish during that time. And, 
and uh, have done well, but I, I never could figure that it, uh, or see that it was much different than any other time of the year. But I've heard that. That stuck in my mind for some reason. And uh, so I've always thought about that. So. Um, if you're talking, if, if one of those persons that said that would have been the gentleman we was talking about before the show, Andrew Little, I promise you, if he says it, it's probably true. Yeah, well, I don't think it was Andrew, but uh, <laughs> a- Andrew's kind of like me. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. He's going to go fishing. Uh, yeah, every day right. he gets a chance. So And and he'll find them. Yeah. You know, he, he may run through two tanks of gas to find them in a day, but he'll find them too. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll uh, outlast them, I'll tell you that. He's a oh, stayer. Yeah. Whenever he'd say, let's go fishing, I tell my wife, well, I may be back in a couple of days. <laughs> I, I, I know. mean, it, it, it literally was you you sit on the boat uh, all day and all night. But uh, yep. the beauty of that is Andrew always had a big cooler full of food in his grill, and, man, he can cook, too. Yep, it's fine. <laughs> I'd have to go on a diet every time I'd go fishing with him. He um I know he he and the guy that he fishes tournaments with, they went down pre-fishing on a Friday night and come back uh, Sunday that weekend in St. Louis in February when it was cold. And oh, oh, absolutely. You know, he, he just stayed there for two days and yep. two nights. and uh, He's a diehard. He is. He's hardcore as anybody I know. And it wouldn't matter to Andrew if he was, if he was fishing with you for crappie or bluegill or whatever it is. He would be just as hardcore with that as he yeah, is at catfish. That's you know? right. He he really cares about. He's got passion for fishing, and he's really good at it. We too. were fishing. Uh, we went uh, down to Lake of the Ozarks one morning with the idea that we might fish all day. I think it was Saturday morning, and spend the night, and then fish the next day. That was the routine, and we'd fished all day long. I mean, and we hadn't caught anything. It was just terrible. We'd moved around and, and, and it was, well, we had six minutes left. I'd said finally at 1130 that night or about 11 o'clock, I'd said at 1130, we haven't caught anything. We're getting out of here. And he'd agreed. And with six minutes to go, I think I caught a 30 something pounder and he caught a 30 something pounder just back to back. We stayed there the rest of the night and never had another bite after that. So we the But we made another two day trip out of it. <laughs> Definitely been there, done that too. Oh, man. Okay, you know. Man. Mm. He's a hoot. He really is. I know Andrew very well as you do. And. And he's just, he's so funny and he's serious about it. And he's a great guy to be in around in the boat with. And uh, I, I tell you, Andrew is probably the most hardcore guy I ever seen at throwing a cast net. He throws a great big old net because he's a great big old boy. Yeah. And he'll throw that thing so many times, whether he's getting bait or not. And I swear I could never throw a net. Oh, there's no way. He's a workhorse, no doubt. He about is. It. He just he's a big guy. So how's the crappie fishing and stuff been on Truman? It's been phenomenal. Um, I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, since the uh, advent of live scope, of course, all over the country, the, the weights of these fish that people are catching has 
going crazy and Truman Lake's uh, right there with them. I mean, the the weights it takes to win a tournament now on Truman are, are unbelievable. I mean, so much higher than they used to be. And it's, it's all a product of, or, or a result of the live scope technology. Uh, but, but I mean, there've been, uh, there've been a number of, uh, 14 pound stringers wow. with seven fish, you know, and crappie. And, uh, you catch seven, two pounders out of Truman. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty healthy stringer. That's a good stringer anywhere, anywhere. And they're catching them at, they're catching them at Truman. I mean, the fishing's that lake is, has become my favorite. I hate to badmouth Lake of the Ozarks. I've been around it so long, but I'm calling Truman home now, and, and uh, the fishing's great there. Oh, I love Truman Lake. I used to fish it a lot back before Cindy started fishing with me, and I fished it in those days, pardon me, by myself, uh, basically, or if one of the kids wanted to go, but you know how kids are, they get interested in girls and cars and yep. different things. And the next thing you know, you don't have a fishing partner no more. And that's when Cindy started fishing, which made it worked out actually very well for me because she likes to go and I get to go all the time. There you go. It works out really well. But uh, Truman is has got great crappie fishing. It's got great pan fishing of all kinds, bluegills and walleyes and, and everything. Uh, and it's got a lot of quality catfish in it of all kinds. Yes. And uh, the only, the reason that there's not too many tournaments held on Truman is because there's no uh, businesses there that can support the, the money for added money for tournaments. But right. that don't matter to me anymore because that gives us all a place to go fish and not have to fight the crowds. Right. It's bad, you know. Yeah. And I do enjoy that about Truman is they have big boats on it, but not like the Lake of the Ozarks. No, I, you know, I fish it all summer uh, long and where we, I spend most of my time in the upper grand or the upper Osage. And, you know, there's so much standing timber. It's not real suitable for the big boats, uh, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And yep. so it's ne that's never an issue. I mean, it's just never a problem. You can go out there on 4th of July and, and go fishing and not be bothered. And, and uh, it's phenomenal fishing. So Yep, it is. I, I, I like that lake really well. It's not too hard to navigate on. Uh, yeah. But, but um, there's, there's everything you want really is there. Right. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think there's a Cheddar's on there, but if there was, we'd get Doctor to come down. And <laughs> but uh, he can always stop it at uh, Columbia on his way. There's one there. That's right. <laughs> Good to know. So you guys have mentioned uh, uh, tournament fishing. How? What's a crappie tournament like? I'm familiar with catfish tournaments, but I'm not crappie. With crappie tournaments, I'm, I don't have any experience. Well, most of the uh, major crappie circuits and crappie tournaments, it's a seven fish limit. Mm -hmm. um, although it's changing uh, somewhat, uh, it, it, uh, for example, crappie masters, that circuit, you can trailer and put in uh, anywhere you have a designated start time. And so let's say the tournament's seven to three. Uh, they'll set a limit on what time you can get on the water. Um, 
for example, at five o'clock, you, you can get on the water at five o'clock. You can't start fishing until seven. You can trailer put in wherever you want on that body of water. Uh, and uh, it's a seven fish limit. You, you keep them in your live well, you bring them in, you have to weigh them in live and there will be a designated stop time. And uh, that, that's the way it works. The polygraphs given, you know, to, to the winners. To, oh, that's serious. <laughs> to, you know, to keep people honest. And uh, uh -huh. it's, it's a pretty good group of fishermen, I tell you. It's a good family uh, and, and uh, pretty honorable folks. Uh, there's always an exception to the rule, but for the most part, it's, it's been uh, good. The ACT circuit, American Crappie Trail, is the other major circuit, uh, and then Crappie USA, those are the three biggest circuits that I'm familiar with, at least in this part of the country. And uh, uh, the ACT uh, are now, uh, it's it's a not a shotgun start, but everybody starts from the same location. You don't trailer, uh, just like in a bass tournament. You call okay. a number and they send you out, you come back, Again, it's a seven fish limit, so the uh, heaviest weight out of seven fish. Very cool. So, what's your preferred method of fishing for crappie in a tournament? Whatever's catching the biggest fish. Uh, Whatever's catching them. <laughs> I tell you, I, I love I love all methods. I you know I've I've trolled crankbaits, uh, spider rig, uh, one pole, uh, corking. Uh, if you're going to compete, I hate to say it, but if you're going to compete on the national level in tournaments today, you're going to have to utilize live scope. And for the most part, it's it's one polling. It's just dropping one a jig in front of the biggest fish you can find. Yeah, people are getting pretty good at picking those big fish out of piles, aren't they? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That live scope is a game changer for crappie. It, it, it absolutely has. And, and, uh, it's, you know, it's pretty controversial. I get a lot of comments when I I've done several videos on live scope and how to set it up and different settings. And this, uh, uh, Truman series I'm doing, I I've had all my guests. The first thing is show us what your settings are. Uh, you know, tell tell us how you set it up, and uh, I, I get uh, by and large it's it's favorable responses. But there there are some diehards that are very critical and say, oh, you know, it's not fishing. Uh, anybody can do that. Well, most of those people are people that haven't don't have it and haven't used it. Uh, it's not, you're not going to take it out of the box, put it on your boat, go out on the lake and just start catching them. I mean, uh, there's, you, you got to learn that as well. And it takes time. Uh, it's the same thing we heard, you know, I've been fishing a long time. And I remember back, uh, first uh, graph I ever had was a paper graph. Mm -hmm. And I've still got it on my shelf. It's an antique now, but you know, and then they came out with li liquid crystal graphs and you heard the same things. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, uh, anybody can do it. It's taking everything out of it. And then down imaging, they said the same thing. And side imaging, oh, it's, it's going to pieces. Uh, 
360. I mean, with every advancement in technology, there are those that that uh, don't like change and they uh, complain about it. But I told my wife the other day, I mean, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm of the older generation. I didn't grow up with video games. I've never had a video game in my life. Uh, we had an old electric football game when I was a kid that vibrated, you know, and, uh -huh. and bounced around. That's as close as I ever came to a, a game. And uh, with this live scope, it's it's like a video game. And I see how these kids get hooked on it. I told my wife the other day, I said, I've been fishing for many, many years. And I have to tell you, I have never enjoyed fishing as much as I do right now. That's awesome. I mean, I just can't wait to go. I love it. I hope my wife heard that in the other room because I got my eye on a live scope, Mike, like you wouldn't believe. You got to get it, but it's like any kind of fishing technique. It's time on the water. Water. That's right. Absolutely. You can watch my videos and everybody else's videos, and I've watched them all, and I've read everything I can, and you, you can learn the basics and the concepts, but to get good at any kind of technique, I believe it's a matter of time on the water. There's no substance. Agreed. Yep, so, I agree. We have a lady a in chat named Betty Jean Cross, and she would like to know what your favorite rod and reel and crappie setup is. Well, again, I guess that depends on uh, the technique, uh, whether you're you're uh, trolling crankbaits or you're one polling with live scope or you're uh, spider rigging uh, for one polling right now and utilizing live scope. I have a 13 foot BNM rod called the stick and they just came out with that same rod uh, improved it just a little bit. It's a little lighter. It's called the super stick. And I love that rod. I think it's a phenomenal rod. I actually fish it with a bait cast reel, and um, I've got uh, a number of old bait cast reels that I utilized 30 years ago when I was crazy about bass fishing. But I just I just put a bait cast reel on that uh, super stick, and uh, and go to go to work with it. It's long enough you can reach out. You'll learn with live scope sometimes. Fish are very, very spooky, and so you want to try to reach out as much as you can. Um, it's got a real sensitive tip. Uh, so, I mean, if you're catching 10, 11-inch fish, uh, it, it's a great rod for that, but you can uh, haul a three-pounder over the side of the boat with it, too, with no problem whatsoever. So uh, that's what I utilize for that. When I'm trolling crankbaits, uh, and you can do that a couple of different ways, three ways. Uh, if you're using planer boards, I like a heavier rod, about an eight foot rod. Uh, if I'm just what I call flatlining, I'm just casting them out the back of the boat and putting the holders in, uh, rods in the holders. I've got a, uh, some seven and a half foot St. Croix crankbait rods or fiberglass rods. And I and I love those rods again with spinning reels uh, for for spider rigging. I 
personally use 16 foot uh, B&M poles. And uh, uh, which of those 16 foot B&M poles I use depends on how heavy a weight I'm going to use. They make a, they've got several different uh, weights of rods. They're, they're most popular and, and I think best basic uh, spider rigging rod is a BGJP. Uh, and, and it's a great rod, very sensitive, very lightweight. And at 16 feet, even they're very easy to handle. Once you kind of master the spider mm -hmm. rig technique, I mean, you can go out there when you first start and, and you try to put four or five, uh, seven foot rods out there, you're going to have a quagmire, but, uh, I wouldn't suggest trying to learn that technique with a 16 footer, go get you some 12 footers. Uh, get the hang of it, learn it. You got to get that spread spread out in front of the boat, keep it from turning into a quagmire, right? Absolutely. I remember the first time I tried spider rigging, I'd gotten some 12 foot rods and went out and got them all set up. I'd, you know, read about how to rig them and all that sort of thing and went out and, and caught some fish and I had them swinging all over the place. <laughs> I mean, that would be me if I tried it. Those big long rods, you know, and you got to learn to feed it line, get the uh, fish down to you. I wish I'd had a video of that day. It'd have been a great blooper video because I had fish swinging all over the boat. I couldn't even get my hand on it. It was, it was comical, but uh, it, it takes a little bit to, to learn it. But once once you do, pretty simple, really, and, and it's a ton of fun. I love the spider. I've yet to try it. That's on, definitely on my list. What about dock shooting? That's something that I'm starting to get into. Dock shooting uh, um, is one of my favorites as well. This time of the year down at Lake of the Ozarks, when it's not frozen over, uh, there, you can catch some beautiful big black crappie. They'll suck up underneath those docks. And uh, uh, again, B&M makes a, uh, a six and a half foot rod called a sharpshooter. It's a wonderful dock shooting rod. I've tried every dock shooting rod made i think over the years and and i've settled on that sharpshooter i just like it 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 fits me and uh, i'll use a small spinning reel on uh, lake of the ozarks that water's pretty clear uh, i use a high vis line so you got to watch that line when you're dock shooting because most of the time you don't feel the bite you see the bite that line will jump or you'll be over 30 feet of water and shoot it out there, and you know it's only falling about six feet, and that line will just stop. stop. Well, that's because the crappie's got that jig in his mouth, you know. Uh, but six-pound line, uh, I, I like a shorter rod. Some people shoot with a long rod. I actually started out with a five-and-a-half-foot rod, and uh, I really like that, but, but I've settled on the six-and-a-half-foot rod. And... Uh, it, it, it's it's great and and those fish suck up underneath there i think it's a you know people tell you a lot of different reasons why they get up under those docks i think it's a heat thing uh especially on lake of the ozarks uh, you know lake of the ozarks they outlawed that old white foam flotation years ago and so uh, all the flotation now is that black encapsulated plastic stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you ever, uh, like I said, I've had a home like the Ozarks for a lot of years in the dock. And if, 
if you'll go down there even in the wintertime if there's any kind of sun out at all if you put your hand down on the side of that flotation even down right above the water there's tremendous heat coming off of that and so i think those fish suck up under those docks uh it's heat they're shade uh uh, it's a good ambush point for crappie, you know, uh, crappie or uh, aggressive fish. And uh, so it's just, it's, it's a perfect combination. Uh, shoot a jig up under there and, and uh, that's an awful lot of fun. I was really starting to get into it. Yeah, I definitely believe that crappie do like having something overhead, whether it's inside a brush pile or a dock or or even getting up close to a bridge piling or something. So right. we, we have a lot of bank fishermen uh, in, in chat. Any uh, tips for them that they can, uh, I mean, we're talking live scope and shooting docks and all this stuff. We yeah. want to make sure that, you know, we got something for, for everybody out there. Um, can you help them out with anything? Well, I, you know, the, the old tried and true uh, cast and drag. I mean, just get you a, a little jig and, and, uh, bait and and uh you know a roadrunner style jig with a plastic uh, body and just cast around and and uh, vary your retrieve uh see are they wanting it moving fast they want it crawling across the bottom i mean that's what you do when you go fishing you never know what mood the fish are going to be in i do the same thing dock shooting when i go out and first start and pull up to my first dock I don't know if those fish are going to be sucked right under that flotation or they could be 20 feet deep. I mean, literally, you pull in there and uh, I'll sit in there and the first thing I'll do is start reeling immediately and bring that jig right under the foam. And if they're hitting that thing right under the foam, then that's where I fish. If I, if I don't have any luck there, then I'll start letting it. I'll just shoot in there and just let it fall and let it fall, let it fall, and then I'll start reeling. I mean, you're, you're working different levels of the water column. And there have been days when I'll pull in there and shoot that jig under that dock, and I mean, it'll literally go down there 20, 30 feet. You'll think, well, it's almost uh, vertical under me, and all of a sudden that line will just jump, and, and they'll be deep. And so... You can just sit out there and shoot it in there and let it fall and let it fall, and that's where they'll be. You got to kind of do the same thing from the bank, I think. You got to you got to figure out, well, where are these fish? Are they up high in the water column? Throw you a, a, a men on a bobber or a jig and a bobber out there and, and change your depth, you know, start out shallow. See if you can get a bite. If you don't, raise that. Uh, floater up and, and fish a little deeper. And deeper. With just casting and dragging a, or casting and reeling a jig. Uh, it's a matter of experimentation and what they do one day, they may not do the next. No, absolutely. The same place. <laughs> or what they're doing one hour, they may not be doing the next hour. I mean, that's the beauty of uh, uh, fishing. It's always, uh, you're always trying to study and learn and figure it out. And the fish change on you, you know, they, they're, they're unpredictable. Uh, you know, I've always said if fish were dependable and always did what they were supposed to do, I'd be married to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just not. And uh, I, think, 
I think this live scopes uh, taught us uh, a lot of things. And one of the things it's taught me is I don't think these crappie are reading the books. You know, they, they just, they're not always doing what the books say they're going to do this time of the year. I fished a tournament at Lake of the Ozarks, I guess it's maybe three weeks ago. The wind was blowing. It was cold. The water temperature was 39 degrees. Hmm. And the fish were balled up. And uh, we'd been catching them out uh, about 8, 10 feet deep. And we started catching some there, but we just kept moving back, kept moving back. We ended up catching our best fish in that tournament on Lake of the Ozarks in 39-degree water in three-and-a-half feet of water. Water. Now, you go read the books, they're going to tell you, in the wintertime, that water gets cold. Those fish are going to be 20, 30 feet deep. Get out be there in the basins, they tell you. That's just, you know, they don't always do what they're supposed to do. So. I wanted to point out something for, for the people in chat. You mentioned start shallow and go deeper. I think that's probably a super important tip for anybody who's who's really crappie fishing. I know if you're, let's say you find a ball of crappie or a school of crappie, whatever you want to call them, and you pull one out of the middle, you're just going to scatter them. I have a lot more luck peeling them off the top and working my way down. So uh just want to make sure that people caught that. Yeah, sure. Right. <clears throat> And you'll see that a lot, you know, I mean, you uh, whether you're looking at them on live scope or 360 or whatever, you find a big ball and catch one right out of the middle. And sometimes they'll chase the one that's coming out of the water and hang around. And sometimes you catch one and they just like a grenade. They're gone. You know? Gone. <laughs> so you just you just never know. But uh, that's the challenge of it. I love I love competition and, and I love a challenge. And. I think I could fish every day for the rest of my life and you'll never know it all. You'll never, never. Figure it all out. Yeah, well, I think that's true. And, and, um, we've, we've had Babe Winkleman on here a while back and he said, when you stop learning, uh, it's, you're probably pretty much done fishing. Yeah. Well, I'd say you've, you've closed your mind. If you ever quit learning, you're, you're just not trying anymore. I, uh, I, I agree. I mean, we, I yeah. learn something every time I come out. Uh, every time, go, you know. And if you don't, your mind's closed. And yeah. uh, to the guy that thinks that he knows everything, yeah, step in the boat with me and teach that to me because I'm a long way from that end yeah. of the spectrum. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think, like I say, I'm competitive by nature, so I like tournaments for that reason, but I learned more about fishing, fishing tournaments, uh, than, than I do just going out on my own. I, I feel like, like you say, I, I try to learn something every time I go out, but tournament fishing forces you, I think, to, to focus more, to, you know, to pay attention, to, to study, and, and you learn from other fishermen. I mean, this this crappie uh, community, for the most part, I mean, those guys will tell you anything, ask questions. Uh, if you, if you want to learn about crappie fishing, you don't have to fish. Just go to the tournaments. Go to the weigh-ins and listen to people and, and talk to people and 
ask questions and uh, every tournament and I have fished a gazillion of them in my lifetime, whether it be bass or catfish or crappie, I learned something in every tournament. I've yet to not drive home and go, man, why didn't I think of that? Or why didn't I figure that out? Or even if it's something I figured out on my own, you know, I said, why did it take me six hours to put the puzzle together? You know, so sometimes I, I, it just I, takes that long. I mean, <laughs> right. No, no, no. And that, and that, while, while we're at this train of thought, um, live scope, what, what myth has that disproved that you always thought to be true? Is there anything like that? I've heard that from a couple of guys. I think all of them. I, I, mean, oh. I, really do. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, uh, I was talking to a guy the other day and he said, you know, the old myth about uh, crappie always feed up. They won't go down for a bait. Well, th that's not true. I, I mean, that's just not true. You can see them on that live scope. Uh, they'll, they'll go down for it. Now, are, are your chances of success better if you keep that jig above them? Sure. I think they're going to see it better. But if you don't think of uh, crappie will go after a bait going down. You're wrong. Uh, they will. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just, it's a whole new world. I, I, I think it just has erased all the rules. Uh, it, it's amazing. It just fish don't follow rules pretty much. Right. No, like I said, they, they just, I just don't think they read the books, uh, you know, um, everybody, I know people are posting links to Mike's channel out there. Make sure you guys go in there, uh, hit the subscribe button, check out Mike's videos. He's got a lot of good stuff. Some of my favorite ones, to just to name a few, are um, when you're trolling crankbaits for those crappie. I never realized you could do that. I started doing that a little bit last year, and it's paid off pretty good. So I hope to do a little more with that. So got to get a little more heavier geared up, I think, for the waters I do, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, Betty has another question. She said, tell us a fishing story. What was your most memorable crappie fishing experience? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, that, that'd be, uh, I'd have to think back over 40 years and, and, uh, I, I don't know. There's so many, uh, wonderful memories of, uh, uh, fishing and, and, uh, uh, it, it'd be hard to pick them out. I, I could tell you right off the bat uh, a couple that really come to mind, but <clears throat> it involves a former fishing partner who's no longer with us, and, and I, I couldn't get through the stories. I, I, it oh, just chokes oh. me up, frankly. But I had some, but some wonderful, wonderful memories. Uh, I've, I've lost uh, uh, more than one good fishing uh, partners over the years and you think back on some of those days and uh, it's pretty special it pretty is special. It's awesome it's yeah. kind of what fishing's about is all those yeah. memories so yeah fishing so. with the chad uh as a, he said for someone just starting out what would be the biggest tip on things not to do <laughs> uh to not go uh you may not think you know what you're doing. You may not know what you're doing, but get get you a rod and reel and uh, a handful of tackle and just go and, and figure it out. I mean, you you can sit at home, 
and study and watch videos and read. But if you want to learn how to fish, go fishing. You know, uh, start out, make it simple, you know. Uh, and, and I think the best advice is to uh, go where you have a pretty good chance of catching some fish. I mean, if it's a little local pond that's chock full of fish and, and uh, it's full of bluegill, get you a box of worms and, a, and some brim hooks and a bobber and just go catch fish. I mean, just learn the experience of a fish biting and, and getting it in. Uh, you want to start out fishing and, and you just start out and, and your goal is to catch a great big bass, you're going to be frustrated and you may not come back to it. Uh, just go have fun. I, I would agree with that. Um, I have a question that I want to to run by you, Ben, before we get completely away from the live scope stuff. Um, do you think at any point that that live scope is going to be detrimental to um, tournament fishing? Do you think the tournaments will eventually stop letting people use it, or is it here to stay? If I had to bet my car one way or the other, I'd bet that it's here to stay. Uh, it's too it's it's too much fun. I, I mean, uh, people just aren't that's that's experienced it aren't going to give it up. Um, when we when it first uh, sort of became pretty popular, and you know, like I said, it's very controversial, and people were on both sides and debating the issue, there was uh, uh, this Truman Lake series is a little circuit over on Truman. And so the first year the, the uh, guy running the circuit said, we're not gonna allow any electronics on the front of the boat in any of these tournaments, none. No down imaging, nothing. You can't have any, and that was because people were complaining about the live scope. And at that time, only a handful of people had them, and they clearly were at, at, a, at a much uh, better advantage than those that didn't. And and so we fished that circuit that summer and got through it, and quite frankly, I thought it was miserable, <laughs> but we fished them, and I, along with a number of other people, just talking among ourselves, said, we understand why they did it, but if they do it next year, I won't be fishing them. And, and they didn't. I, I think they realized it just wasn't going to work. So to, to take them away, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't. Once people get them, you can't hardly remove them. Well, I'm going to tell you, I, <laughs> to go out now, I mean, you know, we go, we go, uh, one polling, uh, dropping a jig around timber to catch crappie. That's why we did it. And you go find all the, the timber and you go to every good looking tree and you drop a jig on it and drop a jig on it and, and you catch some fish. And now with live scope, we can go to a big patch of timber and you can look out across there and 80% of them don't even have any fish on them. And so I mean, you wouldn't even, I mean, you don't even drop a jig on them. And ha now having had that experience, 
to go back out to that uh, bunch of timber and start having to just fish every tree, I don't think I'd do it anymore. I, don't, I mean, I guess I would if that's what we had to do, but right. it, it's not nearly as much fun. So I don't know. And people say, well, live scope, they're going to have to do something. It's going to, it's, they're going to fish everything out. And for me personally, I probably catch fewer crappie now than I used to because I'm focusing on one polling and I'm looking for bigger fish and I'm not catching every, I'm not fishing for every fish I see. I'm selectively looking for big fish. And so I don't catch as many fish and, and me personally, I don't keep big fish. I, those aren't the fish. If I want to go catch some fish for a fish fry, I want the 10 to 12 inch fish. I, I don't want the great big fish. And, and I mean, it's just my personal rule, but I won't keep a fish that weighs over a pound. It just for, for Truman and Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, that's just my limit. And so I'm catching more fish over a pound now than I used to. And I don't keep any of them. So <laughs> I, I, I don't, and, and I know a lot of people like that. So is it, is it really, or are, are people, keeping more fish now because of live scope than they used to. I mean, a limit's a limit. If I wanted to catch some fish for a fish fry and I was spider rigging or trolling crankbaits or whatever, 15 fish or 15 fish, whether you've caught them on crankbaits or you've caught them one polling with live scope. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't always catch a limit when I went out to catch a limit, but I usually would. So it's not like, okay, I can catch a limit now that live scope out. And I never could do it before. Now that may not be true of everybody, but most of the fishermen, I know that's true. So I really don't think uh, live scope has, has caused that many more fish to be harvested than before. I may be dead wrong about that. I'm certainly no biologist. Mm -hmm. but, uh, that, that's just based on, my observation from being out there and being around people and, and seeing what's going on. And speak, you brought up, you know, catching your limits. I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention. On, um, and it's an idea I actually stole from you is uh, um, your stringer. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> you got a limit. You got enough hooks on there to, to fill your limit. And once right. those are full, you're done. I right. definitely went ahead and made me one of those. I thought it was an excellent idea. I wanted to bring that up. And another question in that thing is, uh, Justin's Fishing Fetty wants to know what's your favorite way to eat crappie? Fried. Absolutely. Is there any other? Well, there are other ways, but that's my favorite, too. I'm from the boot hill. Everything we eat is fried. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably tell that by looking at me. But, uh, well, I, what's you know, your favorite breading? Let's get specific with that, because I like to eat. I, I'll tell you, I just use regular Andy's uh, breading mix. Good stuff. I put some, uh, this Don Prudhomme uh, uh, Cajun redfish uh, mix in it. Mm -hmm. I just I, I put my Andy's in a in a Ziploc bag, and I just put a big healthy dose of that. A black and red fish uh, mix in there and shake That's it. That's good stuff too. I'm familiar with it. Absolutely. I dry my crappie. I don't. I don't batter them. I mean, I don't put them in milk or 
whatever. I just I, I, I dry them, put them in there, shake them up real good, and put them in the grease. And that's that's the way it is. B and M, you asked me about that. B and M Poles has started a, a new series called uh, uh, Fish Eat Live, and uh, they have a, a video comes out every Sunday evening at six o'clock. I think they've had three videos out, and and they they uh, get with a fisherman. I was honored to do one of those shows. It hadn't aired yet, but it's coming out. But mm-hmm. uh, there's one segment about fishing, and then there's one segment just about life and fishing and and uh, that sort of thing. And and then there's a section on okay, how do you cook them and how do you eat them and that. And so there, that that'll be coming out, and it shows exactly uh, how I do it, and uh, that's that's uh, pretty tried and true. Uh, that's the way I like it. I uh, definitely am going to have to check that out. That sounds like it's right up our alley. Sunday nights at six o'clock. It's a good series. Perfect. Sounds like something we need to tune into. Justin Fishing Fetish would like to know what's your favorite size jig, and do you use underspin jigs? I don't use uh, many underspin jigs, uh, very rarely. Uh, I, I probably should more than I do, but for some reason I just I just don't. I didn't hear the first part of the question. Did he ask what size? Yeah, what's your favorite size jig? Well, if I'm one polling, I, I want to start with as heavy a jig as I can get the fish to bite. Uh, simply because it gets it gets down quick. Now with live scope, and, and you know, I, it's hard for me not to talk about live scope because that's predominantly how I'm fishing these days. But when you see a fish on live scope, you want to try to get that jig to it as quick as you can, and and so the heavier the jig, the the quicker it gets down. Now, you, uh, there again. It's like shooting docks. You start out high and work your way down low. I'll start out with a with a heavier jig, maybe a quarter or a three sixteenths. But if you put it down there and that fish is spooking or he just won't bite it, then I'll I'll drop down. I'll go down to an eighth and I'll try to fish an eighth. And if that's they're not doing it, I mean I've got some one sixty fourth hair jigs that I catch a lot of fish on now. Something I never even had or fished with before the advent of live scope, but that's something we've learned. Uh, you were asking me what, what, what have you learned about fish since then? I've learned that you can put a live minnow on the nose of a fish. And there are times when he just will not, not eat it. You would have never convinced me that you couldn't put a, a live minnow wiggling and going crazy on the nose of a crappie or any fish and that fish wouldn't eat it. And there are times they will not, no matter what you do. So again, it's a, it's a process of elimination. You, you just, you just start changing up and fishing stuff until you find something that all of a sudden they're going to bite. And, and it's, it's a, it's a funny deal, but you can go out and you put a big heavy jig in front of a fish and he'll look at it. You can see him and feel him actually bump it sometimes, but will not suck that bait in. 
you turn around and drop a little 164 hair jig in front of that fish and he'll suck it right in. Yeah. I mean, there are times when they won't eat those either. There are times that you just can't get them to bite, but uh, it's, it's just, it's a matter of experimentation and that's, that's why I'm addicted to it, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's the challenge there again, it's me and that fish and, who's going to win am i going to make him bite or is he going to is he going to beat me and and it's a constant challenge all day long every day i go do you believe that if you find the the, the big fish down there you know you're using live scope and you've located one big fish that's the last fish that you need to complete your bag limit for a tournament do you believe that if you aggravate him enough with enough different things you can catch him I won't say I can catch him, but I'll aggravate him until he's gone. Uh, <laughs> if it takes me an hour, and I mean, there are times, uh, seriously, with this live scope, these fish will get sucked up to a tree or something, and, and you can hit them with a jig, you can aggravate them. And a lot of times, if you can get them off of that, they'll. sometimes they get off of it and they're gone. But a lot of times you'll get them off of it and they'll you'll see them. They'll just swim around and they'll come back. And then all of a sudden they'll hit it. So if I've got a fish sucked on a tree, I'm trying everything I can to get that fish to bite. I'll hold it dead still. You know, sometimes they want it dead still. I'll try to get it right in front of them and hold it as still as I can hold it. If that doesn't work, I'll, I'll jiggle it. I'll hit them with it. I've literally taken my rod tip and suck it down in the water to get a fish off of a tree and had him finally spook off of a tree, come back around, and then catch that fish. Wow. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Hey, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? If, you know, if, sometimes you fish them for 30 minutes, and, 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 uh, and then they'll finally spook and, and go off. And with that live scope, I mean, you can – literally chase them down sometimes they take off and you kick the trolling motor in high and if you can keep that fish on the screen he may swim a hundred yards but at some point he's likely to stop either suck up to another tree or just stop in open water and you stay on him and get on him and drop that jig on him and catch him <laughs> it's it's sort of becoming like honey I mean, yeah, I, it's, 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 like, yeah. it's, it's a stalk and shoot, you know. That's way, way cool, you know. You probably uh, can't tell I get excited about it. but Well, uh, I can, and, I and, really, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted you so badly to do a show with us, because I could see in your videos that you have a passion for catching those fish. And definitely. anybody that wants to do it as bad as you do will be good at it. I mean, that's the way it is. Well, I'm stubborn enough. I'll stay at it, whether I get good at it or not. I can relate. I'll die trying. Heck yeah, man. It, it, it is. Uh, we're running close to the time we normally quit doing the show, Mike. And, and I want to thank you so much for coming in here and answering all these questions and, and being such a graceful guest to us. And we appreciate it so much. And, um, if the water ever thaws out, I hope you get back on it. Get <laughs> some more videos made. Maybe I'll run into you up at the lake one of these days. I, I absolutely will go fishing. Thank you for having me. I've I've really Thank enjoyed you. it. I do. You know, 
if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to contact you once we get the show going a little stronger and get you back on here sometime if you would do it because we've absolutely had a blast with you. Well, thank you. I'd, I'd love to. If people have an interest, I'd be delighted. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. We, we appreciate it very much, and, and and thanks again for coming in and helping us out. It was a great show, and I know that a lot of people got a lot of good information from this. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me. It was. Mark, have you got anything else to? Um, check out Catfish and Crappie tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, we have the Blues Tournament, Chad's Blues Tournament on Saturday. Make sure you tune into that if you're tuned in. You got a few extra bucks, donate to charity. Uh, whatever charity gets those donations, we'll definitely appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Mike, for being such a great guest, as I knew you would be. And I look forward to much more video, many more videos from you. Thanks for watching. One of the things that I would like to mention is, is the people that are fishing Chad's Tournament Saturday. Please be careful. The mm -hmm. temperatures are going to be up a little bit from what they was, but they're still going to be brutally cold for a lot of people, and there's going to be slick spots and ice and snow and stuff. And if you fish that tournament, please be careful. We don't want anybody getting hurt or anything happening. Uh, but if you're there and you're fishing, we're going to be watching. That's just, just the way it is. So thanks, everybody, for watching Panfish Weekly. We'll see you next Thursday night. Good night. Good night.